Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yahoo Finance presents It's a Jungle Out There, the podcast where we take a wild approach to work and management. You can never mix up goats with sheep. While sheep are more fearful and shy, goats are inquisitive, reactive and aggressive. When they feel threatened, they attack. They also organise the pack socially by horn structure and size. You can even train them to do your bidding. A Judas goat, for example, is a trained goat that leads sheep or other goats to slaughter while its own life is spared. In a way, ahem... It seems goats emulate some of the worst bosses and management practices the world of work has to offer. So what happens when your boss is a Judas goat? Bad bosses who repeatedly lead their own teams into trouble and escape with no consequences to themselves. And how does this affect the mental health of those who work for them? I'm Leanna Brinded and I'm going to discuss what strategies workers can employ to survive a toxic boss. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Joining me today is Stuart Henderson, Head of News at Yahoo UK and Matilda Long, a journalist and editor at Yahoo UK. Both the hosts of the upcoming podcast, Britain is a Nation of. But before we get to that, we're talking today about goats on this podcast and what we can unpack about a lot of negative behaviour from goats and how it's emulated in the workplace. And of course, how this affects mental health. So... What would you say, kicking off, would be one of the telltale signs of a bad boss? So, full disclaimer here, Stuart is my boss. So, <laughs> Yes, I am. If, uh, <laughs> if he starts looking uncomfortable. Uh, no, I think one of the worst signs of a bad boss is undermining you and making you feel like you're not really achieving anything, even though you're putting a lot of hard work in. Um, I think that's something that makes you feel really undervalued and just takes away a lot of motivation. And so I know, Stuart, that in previous <laughs> conversations talk about talked about management, worker management on your guys' podcast. And there were a lot of things that we were talking about in there in terms of what constitutes as a bad boss and anecdotes. Mm-hmm. I know that you've got a whole plethora of things <laughs> that you have to say. Uh, yeah, I think um, the first the first thing that I think to say is that being a manager can also be a very tricky job as well. But very much, I think, from an employee perspective, I think... I would say one of the, the telltale signs of a bad boss is someone who doesn't listen. And that can mm-hmm. cover an absolute full gamut of things, whether it's listening about the importance of the individual piece of work they're doing, the project, the singular project they're working on, their sort of broader career aspirations, um, how perhaps even how um, work is impacting their life outside of work. And I think um, that can often manifest itself as uh, a boss who doesn't take the time to listen. Um, and it's those practical steps of of creating time within a boss's working week to listen to their staff that perhaps is where many bosses fall down. 
Yeah, I mean, like when it comes to goats, for instance, I think there's a lot of the behaviour in goats that I've seen in bosses that I've had before that has, you know, manifested itself in like really awful situations. <laughs> so, for instance, when we're talking about not listening, undermining things like that, what can usually happen is, you know, it can be quite aggressive. And like with goats, one of the, you know, one of the traits there is that when it comes to a situation where they feel threatened, they can be quite aggressive butt heads, that kind of thing. Obviously not physically in the office because that would be actual assault. Maybe that's happened. Um, but in terms of, I mean, I found that like previously at other places that I've uh, worked at, that there's been situations where there's that kind of physical element, that kind of feeling very aggressive and overpowering. And, you know, and I do think that happens a lot of male bosses. Mm. I was just thinking as well that I think that's maybe more of a male trait. And possibly, I think some people can respond well to that. Some people respond really well to pressure, to aggression. And maybe the people who have experienced that when they were employees then go and do that when they're bosses because they've actually found that to be a good technique. I would personally find that a horrible working environment. Yeah, I mean, like some, you know, when when we talk with our friends or, you know, talk with colleagues in other places or here or, you know, wherever it is, there is um, sometimes that kind of, you know, physical element, like I was saying, where mm. um, being a bad boss can't be just about the things to say, but sometimes about the mannerism, something about, yeah. you know, overpowering and using physical presence to sometimes intimidate. Mm -hmm. And so that, I think is a huge thing that does, you know, affect. And when you have like bad bosses, it, you know, it can really affect what your psyche is like and how you do your work. Is it, why, why does that, why do goats behave like that in the animal kingdom, do we know? Because I wonder if a lot of managers might use that kind of uh, physical and, and that can be also kind of almost sort of verbal aggression as well as perhaps um, just as common because it's a, a sort of a defence mechanism where they are the manager, they feel the need to contribute, they feel the need to assert their authority mm -hmm. in whatever mm -hmm. form that may be and, and clearly they will get, get it wrong sometimes a lot depending on the individual um it, is it a defense mechanism do we think or is it is it is it a proactive i feel i i feel like i'm <laughs> i need to be aggressive here because i've got the power is, is it always i think it's really interesting yeah well? i mean i think there's a the, there's a few things with this that i really take away i mean like when when we look at certain industries especially high pressured high stress jobs like especially in banking and finance and mm -hmm. things like that there there is a tendency and there are a lot of studies out there including those from the harvard business review that have shown that um, in those sorts of jobs where it's usually male dominated, that's kind of a, you know, cadence that they have or traits that's not just encouraged, but celebrated. Mm. So when it does um, be in a different and in a different work environment, it's like, what the hell is going on? But mm. actually, that's really celebrating those roles. And it's seen as a path to success in terms of the way of getting the best of your employees. But I don't think that, you know, when we look at the stats, that, you know, people stay in those jobs or actually do very well or are productive, because it's shown that negative reinforcement is actually um, worse for productivity than positive reinforcement. I think that's interesting. I think it's that short-termism is is a very interesting sort of discussion point because I guess if you're using that kind of um, the sort of the whip over the carrot approach, then that's unsustainable uh, for that particular individual worker. But also, if you have a very singular management technique, then you're only going to really be able to attract and maintain a certain singular type of worker. So, Matilda, yeah, you've said true. that perhaps 
you know, some people respond well to that. Well, if that's your only management technique, then you're going to surround yourself ultimately with only people who respond to that. And that, I mean, that may work, but that doesn't feel like a very healthy uh, workforce that's going to be able to react to changing situations. Mm, and I think there, there are studies that show that diversity in the workforce completely can just change a company for the better, um, not just in environment, but in how much money they make like it, it does make companies more successful so if you're only attracting a certain kind of person that's not good business practice as well as excluding a certain amount of people and I think when it comes to um, this kind of management technique I mean it does seem to be very derived from you know the goat where it is a lot more reactive aggressive it's a lot more locking heads um, rather than actually having a more measured approach mm-hmm. and so the thing is the what happens with those kind of management techniques? It ends up filtering down and affecting workforce, like you say, productivity, improvement, actually getting the best out of your workers. And, you know, as we know that, you know, people don't leave companies, they leave bad bosses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know there's some stats around that somewhere, isn't there? Uh, yeah, so there was some research done by an HR firm called Investors in People, and they asked people in January whether they were considering leaving their job in the next year. And 47% of people said they were. They were going to look for a new job within the next 12 months. And 49%, almost half, said it was down to poor management. So that's far and away the most important reason that people want to leave their jobs. The next was because they're not paid enough. And the next was lack of career progression, which I think is to do with management as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that, that doesn't really surprise me at all, mainly because... Um, there was a study out by um, PwC mm-hmm. and they were talking about they actually put into different um, pools of what kind of manager or what kind of employee like fit into these different brackets. Mm-hmm. And they called them dividers and multipliers. And so with dividers, that was usually certain behaviours. What would happen is that a divider would mean that they'd affect the whole supply chain but for the worst so imagine if you have like a bad boss and they are demoralizing their whole staff they may think that the carrot and the stick you know was working but actually what happens is is that even if let's say they have five people and the way they're behaving actually demoralizes and makes them unproductive actually divides the amount of you know productivity that mm. five people should have whereas like a good boss is a multiplier which means that even though they've only got five people they're so productive that they almost you know produce about you know twice as much have mm-hmm. like a work force of five doing about a workforce of 10 people's mm-hmm. usual productivity and I think that was really interesting I think it's interesting we, we sort of talked about this on um, recordings for our podcast as well Britain is a nation of and the the interest is around what workers appear to want from their from their working life as well mm-hmm. um, a study by um, YouGov recently discovered that um 18% of, of workers wanted a job that they hate, would rather have a, a job that they hate that pays very well, whereas 64% said they would rather have a job they love that doesn't necessarily pay very much. And I think I think that is probably increasingly so, that people are trying to find that more healthy work-life balance. And I think that is putting, um, not pressure, but it's putting um, an impetus on managers and the companies that the managers work for to come up with better structures to reward good workers out with pay. Pay, I think it seems peculiarly British, uh, particularly so. We Everything seems to come back to pay. And that's not an unhealthy thing to talk about, although mm-hmm. we're often very awkward talking about <laughs> our individual pay. 
Um, but but it, it does seem to come back. Is there a problem? I'll throw some money at the problem. Whereas we need to be far more nuanced. I don't have the answers for that. But I think as a society, we should be really structurally working towards that I, I do think I do think that we are getting to a point where it's a lot more recognized mm. um, so there was an analogy within the goats world mm. that I just think was really interesting and that's about the Judas goat and so the Judas goat is basically this one goat that is uh, <laughs> trained to lead other goats and sheep to slaughter oh but then at the end its own life is spared and it's like <gasps> wow I've known some people like that before. Right. <laughs> so they're favoured and so they'll push other people under the bus to keep their yeah. privileged position. And or be Whoa. just terrible. So then like, you know, the then you know, they may be really senior, but the rest, you know, the work is unproductive. It's not either bringing money or doing the job, but they're Ooh. still saved. And I, I do think like that is like a core part of this weird middle management um you know, discussion that of bad bosses because it's almost like instead of thinking I'm a leader. So mm -hmm. when we talk about a boss that is a leader of people and the idea is that it shouldn't just be there for the accolade or the money or mm. things like that. It's about how you, you know, command this team, make things grow, make bring success. And I think with those kind of bosses, they are dying out. I hope so. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm not sure if that's the case or not. Um, the anthropologist uh, David Grieber sort of talks about this kind of idea of bullshit jobs, which seems to be that kind of middle management area where you're talking about. And he talks about the incredibly pernicious effect that people in those roles, so those kind of clerical professional roles, whose whose job isn't necessarily to be productive, but is is to ensure people below them are more productive, and that often means efficiency savings, i.e., job losses. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, you have a very, very tiered structure at work where the people who are actually being productive around them, their peers seem to reduce in numbers, while the, the number of people at that middle management level don't seem to be necessarily affected by it. And then he talks about all the sorts of consequences that can have on the rise of populism, etc. And it's, that's very interesting. But uh, I, I, I don't know if, if we're moving towards fewer middle managers and more productive mm. people. Mm. It feels like my, my hunch is that we're not actually, that we're not we're not creating you know people who are more productive it it feels like the the roles that britain as a country seems to suffer are those lower paid workers you know businesses we've talked, spoken about this leander businesses are very concerned about the reduction in immigration leading to a reduction in those production roles and um it does feel we're sort of moving in the wrong direction what happened to all our skills hmm. rather than it seems to be prioritizing people skills rather than production skills well if that if that is the case if we are getting more of these bullshit managers <laughs> um then the data shows that that's really not a good thing so another survey from yougov which was in august 2018 i think this really shows how much a bad boss can affect a workforce so it asked people whether they had quit a job they cared deeply about because of a disagreement with their boss and 25% said they had. I think that's a really high number. Not that many people... I think it's really amazing to have a job that you care deeply about. Mm. But even if you have that, a bad manager means that you're willing to give it up. I was quite surprised by how, how high that number was. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not 
just because yeah. I've been on earth a bit longer. <laughs> so like, uh, Maybe I'm yeah, yeah, had those moments where just like, oh, sweet Jesus. Um, mm. But I, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to know whether we're getting better or not. I, mm. I mean, anecdotally, it feels like we're having more of these types of conversations. Mm, and it true. does feel like, mm. I suppose, on corporate, you know, um, thinking of, you know, corporate level versus startups or maybe, you know, smaller mm. privately owned businesses that may be different. But I do certainly feel that, especially now in our day and age, there is more transparency over those um, kind of bas- uh, bad boss situations. I mean, recently there was this uh, leaked memo that uh, Yahoo Finance uh, US and UK obtained um, mm-hmm. that involved um, allegedly a um, HSBC boss um, where a group of employees there actually put together a massive document and letter and memo and sent it to all the uh, very high up bosses mm-hmm. at the bank. And it was all going on about how this guy was basically a Judas goat. Um, right. You know, didn't use the word, but like all tick boxed and how, you know, it was leading to people not being able to achieve their goals. There was a revolving door of employees, things Mm -hmm. like that. So I do think that obviously that, you know, kind of behavior does exist still. But I do think that's Mm -hmm. probably like one of the first times, like I don't think in the 80s if someone was acting like that, that it would have been as buried yeah. or not talked about or seen as a big deal. It'd probably be like, hey, well done. <laughs> you crack the whip. You, you talked about um, the sort of mental health implications of bad bosses as well. Um, what, what have you seen that kind of can talk that out a bit? Well, that's a great question, Stu. So let's pivot to mental health when we come back. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So picking up on the mental health topic, when we talk about, you know, we're talking about bad bosses and bad management here, it's not just about... Um, how in the workplace that it affects productivity or losing talent. There's this one huge issue that really, and I'm really glad that we're talking more about it now, is that obviously how it can affect mental health. Mm -hmm. And so obviously when it comes to um, if you have a bad boss, how it can affect you on an individual level. So, I mean, you know, so has there been any examples where you, you know, in your guys, like, you know, working life that that's ever happened to? I've had one 
I would say, really bad boss. And I think while... Is it Stu? <laughs> it's not <laughs> Stu, I promise. I promise. No, it's not Stu. Um, <laughs> this was a while ago. Um, and looking back, I was just much more miserable when I was working for this terrible boss. I think this person picked up a lot on really small mistakes that actually in hindsight I think weren't very important and didn't really acknowledge bigger tasks even if they were going well which made me feel like I was constantly performing badly which then it just makes you miserable and if you're not if your self-worth is not very high that definitely affects your mental health feeling of worthlessness is something I really associate with poor mental health yeah and Stu I mean you've worked in you know a number of really big newsrooms and obviously like in the industry that we us three are all in it is very fast moving it is highly stressful there's deadlines that can be like 30 seconds to <laughs> you know one mm-hmm. hour to you know so you know have there been instances for you where you've been like what is this whether it's stress or way something's been handled like how have you ever felt that something's affected your mental health in that sense um, I would say yes, um, and I would say um, that's probably uh, on reflection uh, as much to do with the people above me as much as myself. I think um, it's very important as uh, as a worker, as a, as a as a, an employee, to to try and be aware of your working environment and ensure you don't make wrong decisions as well as the manager making wrong decisions, and. I think, I mean, I, I don't think I'd, I'd say I've had the experience of Matilda, so I'm certainly not saying uh, the, this kind of this is in any way a, an employee's fault, particularly when it comes to severe mental health issues. But in my experience, the sort of personal experience I've had, I, I feel like people, sort of workers, really need to be able to ensure that they, when they arrive at a place of work or the, the, a place of work they're going to join, they should they should really ensure that there are those kind of HR structures in place where. You don't necessarily need to report mal, mal, uh, sort of bad behaviour among bosses, but you feel that like you need an outlet to talk about something away from people you either work with or your or the boss you may have. I feel like you know, sort of the, the sort of journalism we have. There's a, there's almost about a badge of honour about this kind of presenteeism, um, working you know so fast you can't really do anything properly mm-hmm. to an extent, and and that's incredibly unhealthy. And and workers should always. Be conscious of how they're working and they should feel confident. And again, this only works if the structure is there for you to feel confident, to, to, to be listened. You should feel able to say, this is, this, is, this is what I'm meant to be doing at the moment. Uh, I'm meant to be doing X, Y and Z. I can perform X to, to full functionality. I can't do Y and Z. Now, I'm presenting that to you. If, if you feel that's a business imperative, then you need to give me additional resource. Again, though, I can't stress enough, that only can come back to whether or not you have a manager that you perceive is going to listen to you. And I think that, and and that's super, super important. If you have that, if you're lucky enough to have that as a worker, you should make the most of that. And you should really be conscious about how you're working as well and make sure you make the most of a a good manager. If you've got, if you don't have a goat, if you've got someone else, I don't know what the opposite of a goat is in the business world. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a sheep, but that's not exactly. (laughs) They look cute though. That's that's Um, also important. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly that. I mean, like one of the things to put this in perspective, especially in numbers, uh, because I do love numbers, um, is that uh, recently the charity Mind, they did this big survey. It's about 44,000 people and obviously weighted it um, to get this uh, number of like 
different diverse groups. But there is um, 48% of people had said that they've had a, a mental health problem in their current job which is really upsetting, Mm. I mean, to hear that that many people, and I can guarantee that most of those people, you know, suffer in silence, Mm. which is a huge problem. But I do think what has been really good recently is that there has been, you know, um, working towards understanding that there's a stigma about it. Like, as you're talking about, like... um, presenteeism or um you know working huge amount of hours taking a lot of you know crap from a bad boss that kind of thing it all weighs on you and when we talk about mental health it's not just about you know it's all on a spectrum right so it can be from having you know feeling a bit down or feeling a bit worse that all the way up to severe um depression as well as other things and i think one of the biggest things talking about it what do we think of some of the telltale signs then and and when in it, and as a, a manager, if you, if you suspect someone um, to be having to be struggling from that, what do we think people should be doing? What should managers be doing? I think maybe you could notice something as small as a, a change in someone's mood. If they, you know, they used to be more chatty and more happy, and you notice them kind of drawing into themselves a little bit more, that would be quite a worrying sign and sign of you know something like exhaustion. If you can't can't put the effort into maintaining personal relationships, it might mean that you're putting too much effort in somewhere else. Yeah, and I think like what you know, uh, it what's really important to understand is what behaviours can lead to those mental health problems. Like so, we were saying like when it comes to you know whether it's undermining people all the mm. time, trying to sacrifice people, pushing them under a bus, things like that. Of course, that's going to have you know an impact on how someone sees doing their job. I mean, you're in work all the time; you spend more time in work than anywhere else, and. It, every little thing that happens here all contributes to your day-to-day happiness. You can't just switch it off when mm. you go back home. You know, we're not robots. So, I mean, I would ask, what what would you say? <laughs> like, what would you, as a manager, identify or what would, what kind of things would you put in place? Uh, well, the things, uh, I think uh, regular catch-ups is important, mm-hmm. the first thing. I think in terms of noticing if there's a problem, I think... Um, sort of patterns of absenteeism is important I think um too often uh if someone is is sort of late or not in the office for whatever reason uh that can I guess the gut reaction is to go oh how is this going to impact me or the rest of my team but actually we need to be aware that that there could be another reason there and and I my my first step would be to just certainly speak to our HR team in the first instance and say I've just wondered about this what what would you advise I do in this particular example I think um um involving HR because everyone's situations are going to be different I feel as a manager if you feel you have that support to of your HR team to speak to someone I think that's important I think it's important that you try and keep things to to a more work context as well when you're talking to someone I've had uh, been in situations where people have worked with me of uh, people have worked for me sorry of um perhaps brought too many personal problems for me to be able to resolve it's, it's sort of impossible for me to resolve almost and sort of mixing up those two worlds too much can can complicate things even further and i think again again i just think it's it's worth always pulling in hr but in terms of that kind of manager um sort of worker experience constant uh, sort of regular communication I mean the, where I work now is, is is the first place where I've certainly had regular one-to-ones with people it's it's not been the situation at previous places I've worked and and I think in 
in the sort of the world we work in now where you might it's very common not to be in the same office as someone you who reports to you or you report to them i think that's even more important we have the technology to have you know face to face one to ones even if you you know a few thousand miles apart from each other and and it's important to do that because um because otherwise things things drift incredibly easily mm-hmm. um and within that i think it's always important for both manager and worker to try and come to those one to ones with an agenda something you know you're going to talk about um so uh, yeah I mean I I think like it all really does come down to that support and understanding there's only so much you can do as a manager so I'd I'd, you know I'd say that like one of the number one things is first of all try to do best practice like we're saying be a better manager create a more you know inclusive and calmer environment and happy environment and you know happier people are in their jobs the less likely of course there's going to be mental health issues like uh, mount depression and schizophrenia and things like that but it's um that may not necessarily be a cause of a bad magic that can exacerbate it but there may be external things but like you said i mean there'll be other elements that people can go to like hr and some companies do have working groups but there's also charities as well and i think it was really interesting that recently prince william um did a launch of a website with mind um about improving mental well-being in the workplace Mm -hmm. and i thought that's usually significant because I know usually like, you know, when it comes to royal family or a celebrity putting their name to something, Mm -hmm. the thing is it is more to so it will get covered and therefore, you know, it brings more prominence. But I think that was a huge, huge step in understanding that it is a huge deal. So, I mean, at the moment, what the launch of the website is for, let's say if you are in the workplace and as an employee you're looking for help there is a gateway and tools and ways to approach it and how to do it but also for maybe those companies those managers that don't know how to handle it that maybe don't understand how to take on um and help support someone who has a personal issue all the way up to something quite severe Mm. because i think it's often a problem with company structures that people get promoted into managerial roles because they've been successful mm-hmm. in another role. With that doesn't mean that you're going to be a good manager of people. Absolutely. So it's really important to have resources for managers as well as employees if you know they're dealing with something that they feel like they haven't been trained to do. Maybe like a... So you mentioned, Stu, um, kind of keeping your personal life separate. I think there's definitely a balance there because if you have something going on in your personal life, it can massively affect the way you're working and I think it's important that your manager knows about it you know they don't need to know every detail Mm. but if you say this is what's going on it's going to be affecting my work at the moment so I'm letting you know that that's going to happen otherwise maybe people would jump to conclusions that there's another problem going on there yeah I think there always should be that that environment where you are able to have that conversation Mm. with your boss and you know always be able to have that openness and at the same time them understanding when if it gets too much that there needs to be extra support in yeah. order to give the better you know track to getting better to mm. getting that you know help that you need because again we're not all robots we are going to have life things that affect you just as much as you know the you know like discussed in your podcast is that the more diverse we have as a workplace we're going to have so many different people from different backgrounds the way they react to things neurodiversity right mm-hmm. you know we're all wide in different ways and the way we may react as individuals as well as how we react as a manager will be very very different and especially if it gets a bit unwieldy in like in, whether you're in big organizations or one that's even growing because it hasn't got a structure yet it can it will inevitably lead to some people that do need help 
Yeah, it's interesting. You, you mentioned before how much time we spend at work. I think maybe that's something that you don't think about enough. We spend so much time with our colleagues and so much time with our boss, which are people who we've been thrown together with rather than, you know, your friends who you, who you choose and they're people you have similar interests with. So it takes more work to get along with people because you don't have a choice of who you spend your time with. Well, there was a um, there's another YouGov survey about um, how many people like their colleagues and only 2% say that they don't like any of their colleagues. So that's good. <laughs> Actually, the, the majority of people like most of their colleagues. Most people like more than half. That's really quite a lot. Mm. Yeah, which, it was, which was nice. And a lot of people said they like all of them, which is, which is good. There, there's only a small amount of people who hate everyone they work with. <laughs> Thank I guess, God. <laughs> I guess you're right. You're absolutely right. And like with your friends, often you make friends when you're, you're sort of thrown together mm. circumstance, whether it's True, school university and university, and whereas you not not completely but there will be occasions when you work in somewhere because you're actually passionate about that industry mm. and you'll be working alongside other people who are also passionate about that industry and and I think yeah that's uh that's quite heartening I'm, I'm pleased about that yeah <laughs> so a nice a nice survey yeah exactly that's very nice <laughs> but yeah so I mean 100% I mean like I think that's a really key thing and you know when it comes to understanding and making the workplace better is that the mental health aspect I do think it's been really great that it's been centered on a lot um there was just a few other you know stats that I found really interesting because it's not just you know just like the diversity case is that obviously for social good of course there should be more diversity inclusion but just like obviously helping with mental health of course for social good like we have to you know improve our working practices and environment but also like both there is the economic aspect as well because um another survey um well, another report, I should say, by the Institute of Directors, they were showing that actually uh, the IED said that 4.5%, um, well, there's an economic hip of 4.5% on GDP from the impact of poor mental health on the industry, which is huge. And then when it comes to um, people being suffering at work, over like 500,000 Brits each year. And then that's a total loss of 24 days per worker. So even all these things factored in, it's just that it's something that really, really needs to be tackled. Yeah, that's massive. That's a huge amount. I think the mental health conversation has grown so much in the last, I guess, five, ten years. I think it's. I think actually it's incredibly heartening that the royal family um, have certainly are aware of this. You know, one of the most traditional institutions in our country is is completely embracing this, and I think that can only send positive messages to 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 people who you know if they feel if they need if they need support to begin a conversation anything that can feed into that is um is to be welcomed but again that feel it feels like we're still some way away from baking that into our structures as as a as a as a workforce um that the idea of flexibility and and sort of if if someone's struggling uh, and they need greater flexibility I still feel companies have got a long way to go. I, I still feel a lot of companies, there's just a, there's a doing it through gritted teeth element to it because you don't want to set precedents. You don't want to set something that other, that other people might follow. And I, and I think we're some way from that. And I think we're in the right direction, but I think that has to start individuals um, decision-making at, at manager level, but you know, companies have to be fully on board with that as well. 
Okay, well, at least at least we're we're on the right path, I yeah. should say, and it's, it's a nice <laughs> way to end. But uh, thank you, Stu and Matilda, for joining us today. Thanks for having us. <laughs> and all you listeners, don't forget, you can check and find our show notes and helpful articles under the Work and Management channel on uk.finance.yahoo.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, subscribe and tell your friends about us. And while you're at it, download the Yahoo Finance app for unparalleled access to data and alerts on the go. And last but not least, please subscribe and download the latest podcast from Yahoo News UK, Britain is a Nation of... Yahoo Finance presents It's a Jungle Out There, produced by Liana Brinded and Caitlin Mercer, recorded, edited, and mixed by Lolita Laguna, and music by Gregory Moore. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save